a great light has come, and we recognize that light to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Behold, in the same country, shepherds were living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. In other words, there was great light, and this was a suddenly. That's what God does many times. He does a suddenly in your life. You're not expecting suddenly and suddenly, and suddenly something shows up. It's the way God works. Many times we're waiting. We're waiting for the answer. Uh, could be days. Could be months. Sometimes it could be years. But that's how God does things. Many times you don't expect it, and at the moment you don't expect it. These shepherds weren't expecting anything exciting. It was their normal, everyday task. It was kind of dull, boring, mundane. They were just there in the fields. Suddenly, an angel shows up, and suddenly the light shows up with them. And then it says, they were greatly af- afraid. Well, wouldn't you be afraid? Let's say you're in your living room, and suddenly a nine-foot-tall angel shows up. In the scripture, anytime an angel would show up, people would fall dead. Yeah, they would be so afraid that you would just fall out in fear. So when people say they, they see angels, I don't know. I don't know. Because angels are ominous. They're large. They're imposing creatures. So when these men saw the angels, they were sorely afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. So he, say with me, do not be afraid. And this is the message God wants to get to you, over to you in this season. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because you're hearing a lot of things out there. Don't be afraid. There's a lot of insanity out there. You hear it in the news, um, among our families, among our friends and communities. A lot of crazy stuff. But the Lord says to us today, don't be afraid. Why? Because he's with us. But then he goes on to say this. I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Say with me, all people. people. This is not for a certain class. It's not for a certain race, culture, creed. It's for all people. I have good tidings for you. I have good news for you. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Different creations of God praising God and saying this, glory to God in the highest. Isn't that amazing? It must have been, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall that day to experience what these shepherds experienced. Not only the angel, but suddenly in the heavenlies, a chorus praising God. Of heavenly hosts, different type of beings that you and I don't get normally to see because we don't see into the spirit realm. Our eyes were not created to see in the spirit realm. We only see in the natural realm. But these, uh, these shepherds had their eyes open the moment and they were able to see heavenly hosts praising God. You know, when you're praising God in church, you're not aware of it, but you're joining a heavenly host praising God. So this was amazing. And then it's interesting because it was not just that they were praising God, but this is what they were saying while they were praising God. They said this, glory to God in the highest and peace. And on the earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So this is what the spirit of God wants to get to us. He wants to get peace to us. So wherever you see hate, that's not God. 
That's the flesh, that's the devil, that's pride, that's arrogance, uh, that's elitism. All of that stuff does not come from God. God wants to bring us peace and what? Good will. Good will is I want to see the best happen to you. Sometimes I sign my letters, God's best to you. I mean that. I want God, I want his best to be with you. Praise God. And that's, that's his heartbeat. And then later on in the same chapter, an elderly man named Simeon who had been waiting for many years. The Holy Spirit told him, you will not die until you see my glory, until you see the Messiah. In verse 23, it says, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a just man, a devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, Simeon, took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said this, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. And then he calls them a light. He says, here is the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So he says light was coming on the scene. Revelation was coming on the scene. And he had seen this by the Holy Ghost. So Jesus was to be a light and he was to be a revelation to all people. Say to me, all people. In John 1, 3, it says, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. That's why when I see people talking about the Christ, I don't get so much angry for, him, for them. I get disappointed. You know why? Because their minds have been darkened. They have not seen the light yet. But part of the way they can see the light is as we share with them the gospel because the light is with us too. When, while he lived and ministered on the earth, Jesus said this in John 9, 5. He said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Say that with me, light, light. of the world. A great light has come to the earth. And then he also shared this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. So point to your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. I didn't hear you say it the way I said it. Say, you. Hey, there you go. Now, now you got it. Now you, <laughs> now you got it. You are the light of the world. So Jesus is the light and he makes us also to be the light. He says that type of light cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light everywhere in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men. But I don't understand. How can I let, I mean, I can't turn on. I'm not one of the X-Men. I can't just say, flame on. Right? It just doesn't work that way, right? But hold on. The verse didn't finish. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So how do you let your, your light shine? Good deeds. Amen. See, so while everybody else is angry and upset and cursing and hating God, let your good deeds shine. 
It'll be in diametric opposition to the hate that you're seeing out there and people will be attracted to your light and they will be attracted to the saving faith in Christ. So why did Jesus call both his message and the church light? So what is light? In the dictionary, it says light is something that makes vision possible. It's something that illuminates, something that brings understanding. So it's not just physical understanding. You get to see stuff. It's also spiritual understanding. Or suddenly, you, 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 the lights turn on on the inside, right? Well, her, lights, her face suddenly beamed. Yeah? It's not that there was light that came on her face. It's that she suddenly got something and she became happy, right? We understand that to be light. It could also be a point of view. As in light, in the light of this new information, if you're in court and suddenly, I mean, that guy, he looks like he's going to prison. Suddenly, somebody brings some information that nobody knew about that can exonerate him. Now the judge gets his, well, in light of this new information. See, suddenly it brought to light something that had been previously hidden. Suddenly he goes free. See, so light is also a revelation. It's a revealing of stuff. In the Greek... When we read verses like Ephesians 1.18, having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. The word in the Greek, it means to brighten up or to illuminate or to be made to see, right? So light then is indicative of revelation because revelation brings light or understanding to the eyes of the soul. It's also the unveiling of truth, by, of course, by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's also when we share our faith, when we share our testimony, we reveal to people what God did for us. It's also one's actions or works directed by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you something to say, will share with you something to share with somebody else. That can also be light. So light can be symbolic of God's presence. You know, wherever God is, there's light. You can't see God directly. There's so much light in his presence. Forget the sun. You go before God, that's it. You, you, you can't. It's just too much. Also, it's symbolic of warmth. Where there's light, there's also warmth. And I love what about church? We should have that type of light. We should have warmth in the church. People should be attracted to that. They should be welcomed into church. Amen? How many of you feel welcome here today? Amen. Praise God. We should feel welcomed. Also, a light, revelation, understanding, things that were previously hidden. It's God's perspective on things. When Christ died on the cross, the devil thought that he had extinguished the light. He thought that he had extinguished any revelation that Jesus would bring. He, he thought that he would extinguish the presence, the opportunity, and the perspective that God was bringing. But on the third day, say with me, the third day. The light shone brightly once again, never to be extinguished again. King David had that understanding. He said this in the Old Testament. He said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. Amen. See, the word lamp unto my feet means, what, what is the feet indicative of? Walk. It's your walk. It's your journey. See, God illuminates our journey. But also it says that it's a light to my path. So even though I might not, have, I'm not, might not have a clear future, God's word will give me more clarity to my future. Amen. So I love it because my path can be illuminated by the word of God. David also said this in Psalms 119, verse 130. He says, the entrance and unfolding of your words bring light. 
the unfolding, their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. So a great light has shined. But while the world celebrates Santa Claus, we celebrate Christ. Because I know that Santa Claus really didn't die for me. We understand that as part of our culture, our American tradition. But truly, Jesus is the reason for the season. Hallelujah. And the other thing about light is light grows wherever there's unity. Wherever there's two standing for Christ, there's greater power. Three, greater power. Light becomes stronger and, and is strengthened in unity. For example, how many light bulbs are there, are, are there in this room right now? Had too many. <laughs> we have a lot of lights. But what if there was only one light? Would we be able to see us clearly? Somebody turn off the lights just for a moment. I can't see you. Really, I can't because there's so much light coming from the outside. And then there's no light there, so I can't see you. Turn the lights on. I've received a great revelation. <laughs> it's beautiful. Wherever there's a compounding of light... Meaning, wherever there's unity, two, three, four, five of us, you know, trusting in God, praying and declaring and, and preaching, whatever, there's greater light, there's greater revelation. Praise God. And visibility of a life and lifestyle that pleases God, it allows our light to shine before men that they may see our good works. Praise God. So we see that unity brings light. In Psalms 133, one time, the, the psalmist said this. He said, behold how good it is. Behold. What does behold mean? Hmm? Take a look at this. Behold. Look. You see, he said, and then he talks about unity. The coming together of unity. In John 17, uh, Jesus was praying to the Father. He said this. I in them and you and me, all being perfected in one. Then the world will know. They'll have light. They'll have revelation that you sent me and, you, and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. Wow. So when we're in unity, the world will be able to see Jesus in the church. And they will be able to see that God loves them the way he loves us. Amen. Wow. The power of unity. Praise God. Isaiah 9.2 says this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So people that are dying spiritually, when we come and share the word with them, what happens? A light dawns, and even though they're living in the shadow of death, they're able to see the difference. Oh my God, I did not know. You see, that's why it's so important that we allow our light to shine. So what's the revelation that the light brings to the world? What is it? Well, the gospel message is a message of hope, and restoration. It's a message that looks to a new and better future. Now, I know things are getting tough. I know they're talking about recession out there. I know they're talking about a lot of things. But we have an answer, and that is Christ Jesus. When we stop trusting in people, because, I mean, how many of us get disappointed because the Republicans, because the Democrats, because this and that and the other, we're always getting disappointed. How many people are out there getting angry because they didn't take care of this, they didn't take care of the other? I mean, have you, have you been looking at the news lately? How angry people are at each other? We need to stop trusting or putting, or rather putting our, our, our future and our hope and our dreams on people. 
because there's not a one human being that's going to be able to handle the myriad of issues on a global scale. I don't care how eloquently they can speak. We're right now going to try to put another person in the White House very soon, right? Well, guess what? You're going to be disappointed in them also. I mean, I can't tell you, I can't express how difficult the world is today. But one thing I can say, Jesus has the answer. And it starts with us. One person told me this, and it really impacted me. And I looked at it, and I said, you know, I'm going to stop being angry at him, at her, stop getting upset at this person, disappointed at that person. And he said this. He says, when you change, everything around you changes. I went, wow. Yeah, because I wanted everybody around me to change, but I wasn't thinking that I had to change. So when I said to God, God, help me to change. Help me to see things differently. Help me to see the good in people. Help me to, to be an answer, to be a blessing where I'm at. You see, when I started doing that, I started realizing, you know, let it, it starts with me. So I started changing, and then I realized truly things around me started changing. Praise God. So we have to allow the light to shine. When the angels proclaimed, it says, glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. God's desire is that there be peace on this earth. God's desire is that there be goodwill among us. And every day we see less goodwill here in the United States. What is going on? This is not the will of God. I've, I understand. I'm never going to be like you. I'm never going to believe exactly like you. And I know that you're going to disagree with me in some stuff. As a human being, I'm saying, I'm not saying as a pastor. Right? So I have to be okay with that. I have to be able to learn how to be able to disagree with you without wanting to kill you. <laughs> without wanting to punch you out. Really, I mean, what is the matter with people today? We, we want to kill each other just... Because you know why? Their eyes have been darkened. Amen. They have not seen the light yet. And they're being taught the wrong things. And they're communicating with the people that have similar hate or, or whatever it may be. I mean, it's complicated. It's not easy. But the truth of the matter is, is that God wants goodwill among men. The Message Bible says it this way in John 3.16. It says... This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Wow. We don't need to be destroyed. We don't need to destroy each other. We can have a whole and lasting life, not just here only, but in all of eternity. And then verse 17 says, God didn't go to all this trouble of sending his son to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was, he came to help to put the world right again. So that, that, that sentence, shall not perish, that means when you lose something, that means when you're marred, that means when, when you're destroyed. I mean, how many families are being destroyed today? How many communities are being destroyed today? How many nations are being destroyed today? This is not the will of God. The light has to shine upon our hearts. In verse 10 of Luke 2, it says, The angels told the shepherds, don't be afraid. Say this with me, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We've got to receive this revelation today. The light has shined. Don't be afraid. He is with us. It is his will that we live a peaceful and honorable and a joyful life. Amen? He didn't come to, quote unquote, make us happy, but he came so that his will would be um, 
would flow through our lives, that we would have a fulfilled life. Yes, we'll go through difficulty. How many have been through difficulty this last month? Like the kids. We've all gone through difficulty. But the point is God is with us in the midst of the difficulty. And in the midst of the difficulty, we could have peace. And be able to process that together as we walk with God Almighty and and our families and our extended family in Christ. The angels also said this. They said it was a time of great joy. Say with me, joy. Joy. You know you can produce joy very quick. Well, you, you haven't lived my life. I understand that. But let me ask you a question. If someone were to come to you right now, a good friend of yours, and says, you know, I love you. You've been my friend for many years. And I just won the lotto. So I want to bless you with $10 million. Let me ask you a question. Will you still be depressed? Huh? Suddenly, joy would be produced in your heart. See, joy can come in a heartbeat. Actually, joy is only a decision away. We need to learn how to provoke ourselves to joy. Every morning, I thank God. And that's one of the perspectives. We need to learn to be thankful for what we already have. And our problem is the world teaches us to be unthankful. Today, businesses are unthankful. People are unthankful. Children are unthankful. Uh, Teenagers out there are unthankful. They're being taught to be unthankful, to not appreciate what they have. You can't be joyful in that perspective. You have to learn how to be grateful for what you have. Every morning when I wake up, I say, Father, thank you for this beautiful, brand new day. Thank you for daily great grace and favor. Thank you, Lord God, that you're with me. Thank you, Lord God, that you're going to be with me in this day. You're going to help me. Father, thank you for wisdom, for ideas, for concepts. Every day I pray this. Every single day I remind myself that I am blessed by Almighty God. I thank God for my relationships. I thank God for my church family. Every day I remind myself of of how many good things God has placed in my life. So since I'm in that perspective, it produces joy. So when I go out and have to deal with a difficult boss, I say, thank God that I have a job. See my point? So, you know, if all I have is, you know, eggs and rice, you know, I said, thank you, Lord, that I was able to eat today. today. Amen. Praise God. I remember, I remember in the old days when, when mom had to do a quick dinner, it was rice and some tuna fish and an egg right on the top. Thank God I was, <laughs> thank God I was able to eat. You know, we are. <laughs> wow, I didn't think that was going to spark such a frenzy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right, man. The other day I told my wife, honey, it's the holidays. I want me some arroz con salchicha. And and my wife said, but you don't eat pork. I said, no, I want me some salchicha. (laughs) Yellow rice, it just just seems like a holiday. (laughs) You You need to learn to be grateful. When you're grateful, you see opportunities. When you're grateful, you're positioned for the Spirit of God to show you things that he wouldn't have showed you if you weren't in the wrong spirit. The birth of Christ signaled the beginning of new possibilities, a new future, a new purpose, new relationships, a new family. When you come to Christ, he he honors you by accepting you into his family and he adopts you. Oh my God. 
So it's not just a matter of, okay, I just forgive you. No, that's not what he does. In the spirit realm, there is an adoption that takes place. And all of the spirit realm understands that. The devil and his emissaries understand that. You literally get translated from the power of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. And when you get adopted, you have the same rights as any natural child. And Jesus calls us brothers and sisters, by the way, the scripture says. He just doesn't say, oh, they are my forgiven creation. No, he says, they're my brothers and my sisters. So this is an awesome thing to consider. So I'm grateful for that. His birth also tells us to be future focused, not past possessed. I understand what I did in the past, but guess what? That doesn't define me any longer. I am future focused and me and God, we have some illumination and some light and he lights my path and I'm going to be able to walk this life with joy, with peace, knowing that he is with me. Amen. Amen. When I came to Christ, I was not just born again. I was received into his family. My friendships changed. My actions changed. My expectations changed. My perspective of the future changed. All things are new. The past no longer has you bound. Scripture is replete, replete with examples to not look back. Look forward. Remember Lot's wife? The angels told uh, Lot and his family, don't look back. And everybody was future focused, but she couldn't help it. She just said, that's it. She stayed there. She became useless. She became a worthless pillar of a stone, as it were. It's unfortunate she looked back to the past. God's saying, don't look back to the past. Look to the future. That's where I'm at. And that's where I'm taking you. You're with me. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, the apostle said in Hebrews chapter 10, my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I won't be pleased with him. See, but we're not of those, the Bible says, who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. So we go forward and we are saved. Paul said this. He said, my dear brothers, I am still not all that I should be. Wow. How many of you think that the apostle Paul was a great man? Well, he was. I mean, history bears that. But look what he said. He said, I am still not all that I should be. He said, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Wow. So he had that revelation. He understood, you know, you don't go back, you keep on going forward. Did you mess up yesterday? No problem. Keep on going forward. Ask God to forgive you and keep on going forward. Some great times are ahead. Yeah, things will go crazy. Yeah, but we're going to be fasting. We're going to be praying. Amen? And we're going to be seeking God. He's going to give us wisdom. He's going to give us strategy. See, it's very important because if you're not careful, those things will overwhelm you. And it's, it's overwhelming on purpose to get you paralyzed in a moment, paralyzed in a past, paralyzed in a place where you're not productive. So let the, 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 the wisdom of God, see the wisdom of God to you does not look like the wisdom of God to me. You know why? My situation is different. God will express to you something you need for your life, for your family, for your specific future, for your gifting, for your ministry. God will reveal to me what belongs to me. So I cannot cookie cutter tell you what to do. 
I can only tell you, trust God in this season more than you have ever trusted him before. Because he's with you. Amen. There's great grace and favor. There's goodwill. Uh, there's joy that's been sent your way. Praise God. So several things. Number one, I believe that God's going to turn it around for us. Yeah. What are you going through? I believe God's going to turn it around. I believe that as we allow God into our lives, as we allow God into our situations, as we, as we start practicing, because it's not just believing, it's practicing his word upon our situation, declaring his word upon our situation, he'll start changing it. Amen. Because I've tried it with my anger, it doesn't work. I've tried it with my frustration, and it doesn't work. I've tried it by giving up, it doesn't work. But when I put God's word on the scene, when I release his angels on the scene, let me see, when I partner with his word, angels get released to accomplish God's will in my life. God turns it around. Say to your neighbor, he'll turn it around for you. Amen. The second thing is the favor and grace will go before us and prepare the landscape. I believe every day that grace and favor is going before me. Why? Because his word says so. How does that look? How does that roll out? I don't know. I just know that it does. Praise God. So grace and favor is going before you. Say to your neighbor, grace and favor is going before you. Now, you know, favor is un it's unfair. It really is. Favor is very unfair because you might not be the most talented, but yet they'll pick you over others because you've got favor upon your life. Some people that shouldn't like you like you just because you have the favor of God on you. Favor is absolutely unfair. And I say, God, give me great favor. <laughs> I need that because there's a lot of things in life that tend to be unfair. So I want that little edge. I need that edge. God, I need you on my side. Without you, I can't do this. But you and me, we're going to get this done. Hallelujah. The other thing is I have a new beginning. The past has, uh, doesn't have any hold on me any longer. Everything is new. Somebody from your past will say, I know who you are. You, can't, you can fool them, but you can't fool me. Well, guess what? You're fooled because I'm a new person. That's right. I'm a new person. You, you knew an old person. That person is dead. I'm a new creation. I remember years ago when I first came to Christ, I got into church. I mean, but it was not just church. I came to the Lord. I mean, my, my hair was really long and just all over the place. I took a haircut. I mean, that was just me. I just, I cleaned myself up. I just wanted to be so much, you know, uh, so pleasing to God. So that was me. It was my decision. And I just, I dumped all my friends. I just dumped them all. I don't recommend you do that, but I just dumped all my friends. You know why all my friends were doing some horrible things? So I just, I just left that scene. So one day, about a couple of months later, a friend comes up to me and says, how are the girls in your church? I went, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know you're there for the girls. I said, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. I came to Christ. I, I, I'm a new creation. He couldn't understand that. He really couldn't understand that. Although later on, he came to church with me. <laughs> See, so, he, you know, he got the message. But the point is, is that people won't understand the change that happens in your life. So in many cases, you have to leave some friends. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't even call them friends if they're trying to kill me. Yeah, because if you're giving me drugs, you, you, you're not my friend. If you're trying to bring me to places where uh, I'm going to get arrested or killed, you're not my friend. You're not really my friend. You understand my point? So I, I developed new friendships in church. Everything brand new. And then in church, I found my wife, too. Yeah, I found my wife, yeah. And, and so, I mean, everything good happened to me when I came to the Lord. Uh, number four, 
Recession will not touch my doorstep because he's my provider. I know things are tough. I know things are tough. But my heavenly father is the owner of all the gold and all the silver. And if one door closes, God can open up other doors. I'm believing God for wisdom in this season. I'm believing in God for wisdom for this church, for all of you. I believe that God's going to give you strategies for your employment, strategies for your finance, strategies that where things go crazy over here, you'll have more than enough over here. Glory to God. I'm believing that. Because he's my provider. He is our provider. He's the one that opens the windows of heaven. He's the one that pours down revelation. And I love the fact that God says he'll open up the windows of heaven. What are windows for? To bring in air. In other words, to bring in another atmosphere. Another environment, right? And then what about this? If you clean your windows really light, nice. Use some, you know, Windex, right? Both sides. What, under, what, what ends up happening in the morning? Right, light shines through. See, so when God says, I'm opening up the windows of heaven, guess what's shining through? The light. The light. The light is shining through. Revelation, ideas, wisdom is shining through for you and for me, for our situation and circumstances. Hallelujah. And number five, and I, and I stand on this with all of my heart. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your family. So I take that for me. I take that for my family. I take that for your families. I pray for a great move of God upon our families. That they would come to saving faith in Christ. That their eyes would be opened also. Because it is God's will for our families to be saved. Praise God. And number six, God will make me whole again. Man, I know all of us have gone through battles this year. 2015, hasn't it been a year of battles? Raise your hands if you agree with me. Press like. Press like if you agree with me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fight this year, but God's making us whole again. I believe that as we pray and fast and seek God, that there's going to be a lot of healing in our hearts, a lot of healing, a lot of restoration internally for us. And, and we're going to celebrate on the 23rd. Yes, I think we have a quorum. It is the 23rd. <laughs> Poor minister Tony, he didn't know where he was going. At one point he was going, 23, 24, 23. Praise God. That just teaches you, write it down on paper and refuse to listen to the whole congregation. <laughs> then you have trouble, sir. <laughs> No, the truth of the matter is I believe that we're going to celebrate that day and there's going to be so much joy because God's going to deliver us from things we've had to go through this whole year and even years. I believe God's going to deliver us from mindsets of hopelessness, of despair, of depression, anxiety, issues. I believe that's going to be a time of healing for us. Do you receive it? I receive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says, and there's another one, the enemy has to restore sevenfold what he stole. So I am asking God for a sevenfold restoration of anything that the enemy has taken from me in past seasons. Praise God. I have a legal right to ask for a restoration to me what the enemy has legitimately taken from me. And I'm also God, I'm asking God to bring back to me that which my own personal mess-ups have taken from me. 
Because, boy, when we mess up, many times we lose stuff. But, you know, when you invest your life in God, many times the very things you lose are not lost. God restores them back to you because of his grace, because of his love, because of his favor. And now this time when we get it, we appreciate it. And now we utilize it properly and we steward it properly. And I know I've lost a lot of things because of my own idiosyncrasies, my attitudes, my failures, maybe my ignorance. But God is about ready to bring back to you what you thought you would never have again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's all right. You could praise him. You're in church. You're in church. You could praise him. You could shout unto God. You could give him the glory. You could allow joy to manifest. Hallelujah. Amen. A couple of days ago, I didn't even have a voice. I tried to shout, and all that came out was. <laughs> but praise God, if I can shout him, if I can lift up my voice and give him praise, so can you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. The next thing is God will use all of the failure of my past as seeds of success for my future. What you thought was a horrible, devastating thing is a seed that's being sown in the ground that's going to turn around to victory for you. It's going to turn around for wisdom. It's going to turn around as an opportunity for you to let your light shine. And other people are going to look at you and say, weren't you that failure? Weren't you that problem? Weren't you that issue? And you're going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. That's dead. That's sown into the ground. Here's who I am today in Christ. And they're going to say, well, how did you do it? He said, me and almighty God in Christ. Praise God. That's how we did it. Now, we invite you to see, come in and have the same victory that I had. Praise God. And lastly, in Christ, the great light, my past is forgiven. My future is filled with hope, peace, and joy. And my eternity is secure. Notice what I prefaced it with, in Christ. See, the world, and many times they, they get deceived because power is very, it's enticing, it's deceiving. And we think that we can become famous, then we're going to be happy. If we think we can get this, then we're going to be happy. But the truth of the matter is, everything out there falls short. Amen. Sin always promises you happiness and joy fulfillment, contentment, but in reality what it wants to do is it wants to enslave you. So in Christ, when I come to Christ and I say, God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me. See, I'm not, I'm not asking him for my mother's sin, my father's sin, my uncle's sins, my, my, my aunt's sins, my brother's sin. No, me. This is one-on-one. -on -one. When I ask God for forgiveness, guess what he does? He forgives me. He cleanses me of all sin. Now, here's what happens in the heavenlies. In heaven, there's a court. God is the just judge. The prosecuting attorney is the devil. Jesus is your attorney. He's the heavenly advocate. You go before the judge, and legitimately, the enemy, he will say, they are sinners. They did this, 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 this. And they're right. He's totally right. And the judge says, well, what do you have to say? Then you say, I can't say a thing, but my advocate will talk in my place. Amen. Then Jesus says, Heavenly Father, yes, he might have committed all of this, but 
He received me as Lord and Savior. He asked me for forgiveness. And I have forgiven all of his sin. He is effectively sinless now. He has been forgiven of all of his sin. Then the Heavenly Father, which by the way, set up this whole program. He accepts that as absolute truth. When you, with all of your heart, you receive Christ as your Savior, he forgives your sin. But it doesn't stop there. Then he takes your sin and throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, he effectively expunges your sin so that it no longer has any place in any court in the heavens. So when the just judge sees that, he hands the, uh, the gavel, he hits the gavel on the desk, bam. He says, you are free. You are free. You are forgiven. You are innocent. Praise God. See, so when we come to saving faith in Christ, it's not just that he forgives us. It's that he expunges our sin, cleanses it completely, doesn't hide it, cleanses it completely, declares you a new creation, adopts you into the family, and now gives you a brand new future, and then introduces you into a new family. Awesome. So in Christ... The great light. That's the revelation. That's why when the angels came, he says, no, no, don't fear. I have great news for you. Because what God is determined to do is doing nothing less than totally forgiving you, totally um, accepting you, bring you into his family, giving you joy, and giving you goodwill. And this is an invitation to all men. When he says men, it's mankind there. To all men and women. This is extended to you today. It's extended to your family. It's extended to all Bronxites, all Manhattanites, all New Yorkers, all the world. Why? Because God so loved Soundview. For God so loved White Plains. But is that true though? It's true. But it's not the complete truth. For God loved New York. For God loved the United States. No. For God loved the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. That's, that's the light. That's the revelation. And that's why we have to walk with joy in spite of the, what the world would want us. To. They want us to feel miserable. Misery loves company. I'm not going to be miserable because they're miserable. Yeah, I'm going to stand out in the room while everybody's there. I'm going to be giddy. So who are you? I'm giddy. <laughs> I'm going to be rejoicing. You know why? That's what, what did it say here? Let your light shine. How? How? By letting your good deeds shine. In other words, actions that will reflect your salvations. Actions that will reflect, you know, God in your life. I don't reflect God when I'm going. I don't reflect God when I'm like that. I don't reflect God when I allow road rage to take over. (laughs) Don't get me started. 
But I do reflect God when I allow his love to shine, when I allow his grace to shine, his favor to shine, when I allow kindness to shine. The Bible says if you used to steal, don't steal anymore. And let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying to, to others. So our conversation today reflects God. Our actions, our attitudes reflect God to a lost and dying world. You more than ever before need to allow your light to shine. So say to your neighbor, neighbor, Neighbor. it's time time to allow allow that great light to shine shine. in and through me, in and through you. Amen. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have one thing to say. Merry Christmas. Merry and blessed Christmas. You'll see happy, you'll hear happy holidays a lot. And I understand that in my job, I have to be careful because I have people from many faiths. So I say happy holidays to them. Um, but if they ask me, what's yours? Mine's is Christmas. It's a merry Christmas. So I, I'm, I look for my moments. I understand. I'm being respectful. But um, bottom line is, Merry Christmas. I love you all. No, you don't. I love you more. <laughs> Praise God. Let's all stand. Bow our heads in the presence of God. I, I, I was so blessed today by by all the ministry that came forth here. So thank you, team, for the beautiful job you did and to praise God and to share God's love with, with our family. It was, um, our, our, our family here, our guests, our distinguished guests, uh, we're honored that you're here with us and worshiping God with us today. Um, understand that we're here every single week, and this is only going to get better each and every week. Praise God. We expect 2016 to be an amazing year, a year of restoration, a year of deliverance, a year of revelation, a year of opportunities, praise God, a year of his peace, his joy, 